0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, November 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Investors show their support for a smooth White House transition. The European Central Bank might have some good news in store for bank investors come 2021, and France officially goes after big American tech companies. Plus, we'll explain what's getting in the way of Japan's efforts to go digital. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Dow Jones Industrial Average hit a record high on Tuesday. The S&P 500 didn't do too bad either. It closed up a little more than 1.5% on the day. Why? Well, it seems that the dust is finally beginning to settle after the wild few weeks following the U.S. presidential election. I'm joined by our U.S. markets reporter, Colby Smith. Colby, why were investors so upbeat yesterday?
1: I think it was a combination of a few factors here. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, Donald Trump's decision to allow for the presidential transition to begin after weeks of delay certainly helped to boost sentiment quite a bit. And at the same time, we had some pretty important developments on the vaccine front with another breakthrough again uh, this week. So I think that coupled with the fact that we have also some cabinet picks from the Biden administration coming through has really helped to kind of clear the path for investors to see a further boost to risk assets from here.
0: Right. And one of those cabinet announcements was Janet Yellen, who's expected to be tapped for U.S. Treasury secretary. Um, Why could this be considered good news for investors?
1: Well, Janet Yellen is, is very much a known entity for investors. She's widely respected for her experience, not only in labor economics, but, but also in running the Federal Reserve for, for many, many years. And I think for investors, um, she's seen as you know a pair of, of safe hands, if you will, someone who will work very well with uh, the current Federal Reserve Chairman, Jay Powell, as well as other international policymakers in the Biden administration itself. So I think for investors, it's someone um, who, they know the track record of very, very well. And she's seen as an incredibly respected economist.
0: Colby Smith is our U.S. markets reporter. Thanks, Colby. Thank you. And there might be good news on the way for bank investors. The vice chair of the European Central Bank Supervisory Board Eve Mersch, told the FT that Eurozone banks might be able to pay out dividends again next year, but they have to convince their supervisors that their balance sheets can hold up against the financial turmoil that has come with the pandemic. The ECB banned banks from doling out dividends in March. They also ordered banks to stop share buybacks. The sector didn't take these moves too well, and members have been pushing the ECB to reverse course ever since. Mersh told the FT that he still had his concerns over banks paying out capital to shareholders, but he admitted it would be legally difficult to keep the dividend ban going into 2021. France has been threatening big U.S. tech groups for a while, but now tax authorities are officially going after Facebook, Amazon, and others for what's owed in 2020. And the bill could cost the tech companies hundreds of millions of euros. The FT's Amy Williams has been following the story. Amy, remind us, why are French tax authorities going after these big tech groups?
2: Well, the the first thing to note is that it's not just France who is going after the tech giants, but they are for sure leading the charge on this. Uh, And the reason for that is that To put simply, they don't think big tech companies pay enough tax. So they profit massively from markets where they have users and customers, but then they're able to shift their profits to lower tax jurisdictions. Ireland is an example. And they end up not paying much tax in those countries where they're actually generating quite a lot of business and, and arguably profit.
0: And why are they imposing these taxes right now?
2: Well, they've been threatening to do this for quite a while. So this is not sudden movement by the French. They did agree with Washington to hold off for about a year. And the reason for that was that there are lots of different countries, about 140 countries, all talking together together as part of the OECD based in Paris and trying to come up with a multilateral solution so that everyone's on the same page and that these companies are fairly taxed in a consistent way and that there's essentially a treaty. But those talks have stalled. People now think that we won't see anything on that front till next summer. And of course, you know, proponents of these taxes argue that actually the US has been quite annoying here. Um, in the summer just gone, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, wrote to European ministers and said that he was suspending U.S. involvement in these talks.
0: Right. And and how has Washington responded to these French taxes? I, I have a feeling this might turn into a bit of a tit for tat. <laughs>
2: They've responded angrily. Again, as they said they would. So Robert Lighthizer, the U.S trade representative. He's already gone through and done this big, what they call a Section 301 investigation into France. So that's the same process that Washington used against China, decided that the digital tax would be an example of an unfair trade practice that discriminates against US companies, and that therefore the US can put tariffs on French imports. Sometime over the next month, the U.S. is going to apply those tariffs.
0: Now, these names that you mentioned, Amy, uh, Mnuchin, Lighthizer, these are Trump names. Uh, And with the new administration coming in, the Joe Biden administration, could we see a more sympathetic view towards Europeans taxing American companies, especially with the recent antitrust concerns that we've heard at the Department of Justice and in Congress?
2: Yeah, it's a really interesting question and an interesting problem. This is maybe one of the only areas of real bipartisan agreement. So the incoming Biden administration, and indeed lots of current sitting Democrat lawmakers on Capitol Hill, also hate these digital taxes. They think that they discriminate against US companies. They think they're unfair foreign taxes, they're not having them. But I agree that, you know, the Democrat attitude towards tech companies is complicated, but ultimately there's this sense that, you know, we can criticize tech companies, but you can't criticize them. You know, they are annoying little brother and you can't attack them. You know, that's, that's for us to do.
0: (laughs) I love that comparison. Amy Williams covers trade for the FT. Thank you, Amy.
2: Thanks.
0: Hanko seals are universal in Japanese culture. They function in place of a signature, and most households have several. But they are a big barrier for Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga. He wants to put more government services online. And it's been especially pressing as Japan adopts online medicine and other digital tools to combat the pandemic. His new minister for administrative reform told our Tokyo Bureau Chief Robin Harding why this is such an important part of the government's efforts to reform the Japanese state.
3: Anywhere where in the West you would need a signature, in Japan you need a hanko of some kind. And Japan quite likes its paperwork, so anytime you deal with a bank, a contract, a municipal procedure, in fact every time you collect a parcel uh, delivered to your door, instead of signing for it, you stamp it with your hanko. So it's a really universal thing in Japanese society. And as Minister Taro Kono said in our interview, you can't stamp a computer screen. So the requirement to have a hand call means that it's really difficult to digitize all sorts of government procedures. So the hope is that by getting rid of this obstacle, it will then become possible to digitize all sorts of stuff, which Japan is actually quite behind on. Certainly compared with leaders in East Asia like Taiwan,
0: very few government services are online in Japan. Um, so Robin, how is this move away from hanko been received. So this has been talked about for a few years and there's been a lot
3: of popular resistance starting with the hanko industry. Selling these things is a big business as is making them. And if these disappear, then people's livelihoods will vanish. So reassuring those people and trying to find ways to ease the blow to them has been something that's been going through the Japanese political process for the last few years. The new Prime Minister, Yoshihide Suga, has made administrative reform and digitisation one of the main planks of his policy platform. So there's absolutely no question this is now happening, and when, when you get a really strong political push like that, the resistance tends to melt away. So, so this is going through, but you can't understate what a big social change it will be for Japan.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.
3: Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. Good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation